Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. This one is a little different, if you can't already tell. My audio quality isn't quite the same. It's not that crispy audio that we normally have for the Chromecast. That's because we are, uh, well, we are all quarantined. We had a COVID exposure, and uh, we are doing the right thing. Uh, we all got tested today. We're all negative. But because of that, we are all at home. So we are recording separately, and we're going to try to make this work, and hopefully it turns out good. So my name is Joe Humphrey, and I'm joined here virtually by Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, guys? And Gabriel Brangers. Hello, everyone. So, uh, so yeah, you know, COVID, uh, fun stuff. And, um, you know, it was kind of bound to happen. We, we have a, um, you know, we stay, we stay pretty much uh, basically quarantined, but we do come over to the office to work uh, and we, um, you know, film over at our studio and there's one other guy, two, well, two other guys that work in the studio there with us, uh, or in the, in the office co-working space there with us. And, um, you know, we've, uh, where we live in kind of central Kentucky, you know, COVID just hasn't hit quite the same as other places. It has here more so in the last six months. Um, but we've been thankful that we've been healthy for the most part and most of our families have been healthy, but um, because of, you know, that exposure that we had on Monday, we, we've been locked down all week. So if you've noticed maybe not as much content going out for CES as we would normally have, and I mean, it's all virtual this way, this, this year anyway, so we weren't going right. to be putting out that much content anyway. Um, but it's made it even more difficult to do anything. And we, we, I have some of the video gear here at the house and we've been trying to figure out the plan and, um, yeah, let's, let's yeah. stop and pause and, and realize too that. On top of uh, CES not happening the way that you know we we were looking forward to about a year ago at this point, like when we were leaving Vegas, you know you're you're ready to go home, you're excited that the you know the shuffle's over, but it's like oh cool, we'll be back next year, and uh, so that that's happening. We now are quarantined, you know, and until today weren't completely sure that we didn't have this thing. Um, so I'm also, you know, having to keep away from family and, you know, here in the house and all that kind of stuff. And then compiled on top of that, you know, is the fact that we've got all this new camera equipment and all this new gear that came in the first day we were supposed to quarantine. So we had to arrange for all of that crap to be picked up and, you know, and so, you know, you get excited. You finally decide to spend some money and we're going to upgrade all of this stuff for our videos that we're going to make for CES. And it's got going to be here in time for us to make those videos and, 
and then all of it just kind of spiraled and fell apart. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a week. That's but, yeah, sure. so we're going about this one a little bit different. We're recording on our phones, and uh, hopefully it'll all work out. So one other quick thing before we hop into um, the news, which obviously is going to be CES related. Uh, before we hop into that, I do want to mention <laughs> I am – so I – like we had to pack up everything, and I was trying to get all the video gear – over to my house and I was packing up the Mac mini because I was planning on hopefully being able to record some video and do some different stuff. And in the midst of that, I didn't grab a Chromebook and I didn't grab the MacBook. So as we are recording this, uh, well, me and the guys are talking on Google Meet right now and I don't have a camera, but they have a camera and they have their background set. (laughs) Robbie is in the CES lobby. It looks like maybe you're like, where was that exactly? That's where CNET is. I think it's that, you know, the big place where you kind of overlook and it kind of curves around the stairs. I think that's. Yes, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's leaning out of the way so we can see. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's somewhere. It's a huge (laughs) area. So who knows? And then, uh, and then Gabe is at Top Golf. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's been a rough week. We deserve <laughs> a round at Top Golf. I mean, we haven't been able to play Golden Tee like all week. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm having feeding. Yeah. yeah. Feeding for some Golden Tee. Couldn't pack that up and take it home. Oh, my gosh. That would I mean, have been funny, had, though. If we had a Golden Tee go, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh man. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here it's we just, go. I just got to make the points when I got to make the points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right, right. But, you know, we are uh, – yeah, it's it's weird because it's like – I mean we do have some CES news to talk about. And there, there are still announcements coming out of CES, like announcements outside of Chrome, Chrome OS and Chromebook stuff too. Like CES yeah, is hopefully. still happening like as far as a, a, a trade show where um, manufacturers and different people are making announcements. Like all of that's still happening. But man, it just it's, – it's so weird not being there. It's weird having to do these virtual – uh, press conferences, you know, um, not having hands on for, well, one of the devices that we're going to talk about, we don't have hands on the other one we, we got in time. So, so yeah, I mean, CES is obviously very different this year. Um, but with that being said, there, there have been a couple announcements. So let's dig into a couple of those. The first one, let's start with the, let's start with the Samsung. I think, I don't care whichever one you guys want to start with. Let's start with the Samsung, Samsung Chromebook Two, it is Galaxy Galaxy Chromebook Two, and it is not. I, I, I almost it, did that in my title. Almost left. That I know, Galaxy. man. It's weird. <laughs> very it's, different device. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very different. But this one isn't. You would think by the name. Oh, this is like just a um, a new version of the Chromebook that they put out last year. You know, the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook that had an amazing build quality, incredible screen, but had some. You know had some heating issues <laughs> and uh you would think that by the name this one would just be the new version of that but uh, that is not the case yeah i mean the expectation was you know that well honestly let me back up the ex- our expectation we kind of knew this a long time ago we've talked about uh on the website quite a bit a device called night fury we're not tracking anything else by samsung um so it was pretty clear like when rumors started coming out, what, a month and a half ago, something like that, you know, or maybe even just a month, uh, of this new Samsung Chromebook 2, like, we put two and two together. We put a post out there on this. Like, clearly, that's what this thing's going to be. Like, Night Fury that we've been tracking since right after CES last year is going to be the new something Samsung. Like, we just knew that. And so when we started seeing the Chromebook 2 stuff, like, because we'd always wondered what Night Fury was even going to be, because you know we saw that it it had some code for fans, but it was still a yeah, tenth it, gen it device. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. No, we thought really my, my thought was like instead of doing Chromebook Plus, maybe they're going to go with the uh, like in their Windows line. What do they do? Is it Alpha or A or Al- yeah? So little, they do the little the Alpha thing. Yeah. And it's usually like a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a low end, but it's it's not the super premium. But but they have so many different lines in their Windows devices. I thought maybe it'd be the Galaxy Chromebook Alpha, you know, and and instead of trying to to append a two to the end of the name of something, and obviously give everyone the idea that this is the new version of said device, that they would do something like that, or it'd be Samsung Galaxy Chromebook Plus. I don't know, you know, go with something you've done before maybe, but 
Instead, they went with two. And and as we saw that, like when we saw those things, and then obviously we, uh, what, a couple weeks ago, you know, had an embargoed meeting, CES meeting. Like, so we knew that it was <laughs> what was true was true. And so as we saw the leaks coming out, like it's a weird spot to be in. We didn't leak it, but somebody else leaks it, and you're like, yeah, that's true. You know, it's and we got to play like we don't know. But you know, ultimately, it it turned out to be true. Like the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook Two is, in fact, in a lot of ways inferior to the Galaxy Chromebook that came before it. And so, uh, it's it's weird. Uh, and and a lot of people already, at least in our like uh, Patreon community, are are already kind of. A little bummed about it, to be honest with you. Like, why would I buy this? You know, because they're looking at spec sheets, as kind of we we all tend to do, and, and going, you know, this doesn't exactly add up. Because I mean, you're talking the the six ninety nine model, so they dropped the price, and that's that's kind of their their leading thing. So for for uh, press people that are talking about it that don't normally talk about Chromebooks, what they're saying is, hey, the new Galaxy Chromebook is three hundred bucks cheaper, and that, that's a that's that's a good headline. Um, and maybe that's going to be an effective strategy. Like Samsung's Chromebook sales almost fall into a different bracket. Like people, people buy them that don't generally buy Chromebooks. They'll buy it just because it's a Samsung. Like they get to kind of skirt some of the rules of this stuff, but at 699, I mean, you're talking a 10th gen core i3. So the same processor that ships in the heck, what was it last week? $450 HP X 360 14. Yeah. Um, or the three hundred and fifty dollar Lenovo, Lenovo Flex. Flex. All right. So, and then the Lenovo comes uh, same internals there though. Uh, it's eight eight one twenty eight, correct? The Lenovo. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's that's a push. Um, but the Lenovo is NVMe, correct? Yes, yes, it is. Um, whereas the Samsung is shipping with EMMC storage. Kind of a bummer. Um, it's just not that fast. Um, for Chromebooks, you could argue it's not that big of a deal, but as we move into more Android apps, Linux apps, people want to run Windows apps, yada, yada, yada. They keep going on. Like local local storage is more important than it than it used to be on Chromebooks. And so um, so those those numbers are a little troubling, I suppose. Um, and then they've got the 549 Celeron version. And I think it, that's the same Celeron that's in those Chrome boxes we have in the office, correct? Yeah, so fifty-two oh five. Yeah, they're okay. You know that you you put them under load, you notice. Um, but uh, you know, doing general Chromebook stuff, they're they're okay. Uh, but unfortunately, it, that comes with four gigs of RAM and sixty-four gigs of EMMC storage. So, you know, the internals there are compromised a little bit. Um, but the reason I flip on the other side and go, okay, but they made some they made some improvements to the Galaxy Chromebook Formula 2. So it, it wasn't just like, let's just downgrade everything and then sell it again. Um, they made some changes, I think, that are for the better. So the the highlighting feature probably of this thing still is going to be the screen. QLED, Full HD, 13.3, 16 by 9 screen. Uh, take the QLED out of that, and that doesn't sound exciting at all. It's basically a Pixelbook Go screen or Lenovo Flex 5 screen. You know, 1080... 13.3 inch screens, not really that unique. Um, but this one's QLED or QLED, as I'm hearing a lot of people saying on videos. I always said QLED. I guess you say OLED though, so maybe that works. But I never would never say a, a LED screen. I would say an LED screen. So I don't know. I like QLED. I don't like QLED. <laughs> you do say OLED though. I mean, everyone I know. says I say OLED. OLED. So I don't know. This should I, at be first, QLED. I was like QLED. Who says QLED? <laughs> And then it's I'm like, like well, I say OLED. Really weird. It does. I wouldn't say LED. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that QLED is something that Samsung's been working on for a couple of years now. Um, the idea being that you have um, quantum dots or whatever. It's just much smaller LEDs behind your LCD screen so that your uh, zones of lighting are much more controlled. That way you have deeper blacks where it's supposed to be black, similar to OLED, even though OLED can turn off every single pixel. This just basically has lighting that is more under control. Um, and so the people that have gotten their hands on it, I think Samsung had an on uh, 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 an in-person thing. Maybe it, we're, we're trying to figure out, I think it's at, in the New York office. Because the people, that, the only three videos we've seen, we're pretty sure all three of those were in New York. 
Uh, and they have, Samsung's got a pretty sweet building in New York we've been to a couple times. So it would make sense they set that up and invited anyone that's local. Um, but yeah, everybody is praising the screen. So the screen's going to be a standout feature. But the benefit here is OLED, when it's cranked up uh, in brightness, is a battery hog. Uh, even though it's turning off those black pixels, those other pixels just they, they eat battery. And the original Galaxy uh, Chromebook was... 4K. 4K absolutely demolishes battery. I mean, look at the Lenovo uh, C630. Is that what that thing was? Yeah, the big the big Yoga. Um, its 1080p version was fine on battery. Its 4K version was abysmal on battery. And same thing happened with the Galaxy. So you got OLED working against you. You've got massive screen resolution working against you. And we wondered why that Core i5 is overheating and couldn't, you know, the, the thing couldn't sustain battery life. I mean, mainly it was the screen. If you turn the screen down, everything else was fine. It's not like, oh, the internals magically in this device just are eating up all the battery. No, it was the screen, 100%. And as flashy and nice as it looked, 4K OLED I love. I think it was awesome looking. But 4K on a 13.3-inch display is completely stupid. I mean, it's it makes zero sense. I'm looking at a 13.5-inch screen right now that's 4K, or uh, Quad HD, I'm sorry, and I can't make out a pixel, even if I get my face up on it. And so, like, Quad HD, maybe, but that's still almost complete overkill in a 13.3-inch display. 1080p is plenty when we're talking a display that size. And so, now you've reduced the resolution, you've reduced, because QLED is pretty battery efficient, and you still get these rich colors, it's... We don't know brightness yet, uh, but viewing angles and brightness should be excellent. So you're going to get an excellent screen, probably on par, if not better, than every other screen that you can get aside from the original Galaxy Chromebook. So we're talking minimal trade-off, massive gains. So much better battery life. You're going to get better performance out of that same chip, too, because 4K also steals all sorts of raw performance, too. So the Core i3 is no slouch. We know it from other devices. That... That's not the bottleneck in performance. So now you've made one move that probably saved a ton of money that increases performance and massively increases battery life. So for that, I'm like, hey, pat on the back, Samsung. Well, that's a great move. You've done a good thing here. That's that's smart. That's great. The internals are a little off-putting. I mean, I wish they would have. And maybe they'll, they'll the Galaxy Chromebook 3 will just they'll take this formula and up the internals maybe with some Tiger Lake stuff down the road. We have no signs whatsoever that that's the case. We, we can't find anything that's related to Samsung right now. seems like they're all in on the Galaxy Chromebook 2 for right now. So um, other than that, they removed the fingerprint scanner, which, hey, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I've gotten used to, it's, you know, it's, a pin It's nice and to stuff. have, but it's not It is. Necessary. It's a nice idea. It's not, <laughs> not required. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want biometrics to get better on Chromebooks too, but... If you're trying to save money, yes, that's an easy one. Get rid of it if it saves money. The stove- right, and that's my thing. Yeah, my thing with the with things like fingerprint scanners and like the digital privacy shade, privacy shades and stuff. Those things are great and users want them, but the people that want those have the expectation of a nine hundred thousand dollar device. Right. When you get into the six hundred dollar range, you just expect and you're okay with sacrificing one or two of those features here and there. Yeah, I mean, it's just part but, of it. And yeah. it's Samsung. So, I mean, it's not right. like they make cheap stuff, you know. And and we can all agree that regardless of all the, the failings of the Galaxy Chromebook, that it it felt more premium than anything else in the Chromebook space last year. I mean, there's nothing like it. It, and it, it. it troubled me so much. I remember deciding to return that device because I just couldn't live with the battery life and the limitations. Like, I probably wouldn't make it through this video call on the, the Galaxy Chromebook, to be honest with you. Um, and, and this year especially, like, had I known pandemic was going to rain down on us and, and be what it became throughout the center part of this year, I mean, I feel bad for anyone who had to deal with the the, the original Samsung Galaxy Chromebook uh, and, and was on the move or had to be really mobile. I mean, it just because these video calls destroy battery. It's taking up processing power, and your screen's just on and going the whole time. So, I mean, I, I like what they're what the things that they've chosen to take out, and the stowed stylus as well. Like they got rid of that. Um, but with more a, and more USI pens coming, yeah, like, and, and there's know. an argument there because we know like there's some cheap Chromebooks. Uh, I think I've written this before. It might be worth writing again. 
there's some cheap Chromebooks coming. Like I think they're the the Day Day Day, so the Jasper Lake uh, boards uh, that are coming out. So your entry level models of Chromebooks um, that should be arriving at some point here in 2021. Likely, my guess, uh, by May and June when schools are budgeting for this type of stuff. That's when we'll see an influx. But there's quite a few of those that have not just uh, USI style of support, but rechargeable USI style of support. So we're talking cheap Chromebooks that are going to have stowed recharging USI pens in them. Cheap ones, probably. Uh, So that's one of those things I'm like, yeah, Samsung, I get it. You needed to take that out, I guess, to differentiate or something, but... It would have been cool for them to be the, have the first USI pen or for them to just leave their pen. As we've learned, you can have a screen that does USI and you know EMR at the same time. So they could have done that. Again, cost savings, I get it. Uh, and with the, the fact that, you know, slowly but surely, people are just going to have USI pens around. Eh, you know, it may or may not be a huge deal. But those are the omissions. You know, you're still getting a backlit keyboard, and from what we can tell, the keyboard looks, sounds, feels good to type on. If it's close to what the Galaxy Chromebook, the original one, was, it'll be great because that keyboard was fantastic. Um, we're not sure on the trackpad, but again, the people that have had hands-on, no one's mentioned like, oh, this trackpad feels kind of crappy. Like they're saying that it feels great, and Samsung apparently has done something pretty good with the speakers. Again, we'll have to wait and see or hear, I should say. Um, they're touting, what, 178% performance boost. They didn't say over what. I mean, it could be 178% over your alarm clock. I don't know. Uh, but hey, my alarm clock sounds good. I don't know. <laughs> you have a good fancy loud. alarm clock. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know what exactly that means. Uh, and so, again, that's a grain of salt thing until we have one. Uh, but from the stuff we've seen online, you know, the, the speakers sound impressive. So if you take all of that together... And say, okay, for seven hundred bucks, I'm going to get something that, you know, if I'm not comparing it apples to apples with another Chromebook and deciding like, oh, based on these specs alone, if the build quality from again from what we've seen from people online, the build quality feels great again. So if they've kind of taken the Galaxy Chromebook build and it's not completely aluminum, so it's not going to come off exactly the same, but if it feels super quality, like think Pixelbook Go, like sturdy, firm, well put together, smooth lines. You get that red color that people go gaga over. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, you get um, you know, a great keyboard trackpad. You get this really nice full, and I'm, I'm assuming, speaker experience. So I'm, I'm thinking like Pixel Slate, Pixelbook Go, those nice fat speakers, which I miss on an almost daily basis, I think, since I've stopped using a Pixelbook Go. Um, you get a great typing experience, great trackpad, just gorgeous screen to look at all the time. USI pen input and fast enough internals that let's be frank, 98% of Chromebook users are going to be perfectly fine with, um, you know, these aren't going to be the internals that as we've had these conversations that Gabe's going to be like, yeah, let's see, let's push the limit. Let's see what we can do. You know, like this isn't a, if you want to run windows applications and you want to tinker with Linux and GPUs and like, this isn't, this isn't the Chromebook for you and that's fine. But that's not where Samsung lives usually in the Chromebook space. They they kind of go to the middle, and they, they went outside of that, I felt like. like It's like they go back and forth. Like the, I remember the Chromebook Pro went outside of the bounds, and it was more expensive than most and all this stuff, and it pushed boundaries. But then they had the Plus as well. And the Plus is the one probably that sold more. Um, and that's kind of what this move feels like. Like last year's Galaxy Chromebook was the Samsung Chromebook Pro, basically. It's like, hey, let's let's push up into this. Google's been the only one really to push into that $1,000 territory. Let's do it and see what happens. They did it, and now they've refined it and brought things back to the center. And again, when we think about not Chromebook enthusiasts or people that really are spec hunting and picking things apart, if when we get it, it feels great, it looks great, feels solid, sounds great, the screen looks great, the keyboard's great, it's, I feel like it's going to end up pulling off that kind of Pixelbook thing, Pixelbook Go thing, right. where it's and like, think it's goes, just yeah. nice to use. Yeah, it goes back to what you said when we when we first started this, was that they are Samsung, so the specs on paper, I wouldn't look at this and get excited about $699. No. That's not to say it's not a great Chromebook, but there's so many good, really, really good Chromebooks out there that are $600 or less or even $350 when you look at sales like the Flex. 
but it's Samsung, so that adds another dynamic to it. That adds a dynamic to the people who are buying Samsung and they're going to buy a Chromebook from Samsung right. are are okay with the fact that it's not the best thing as far as internals on paper, but it's Samsung. It's made by Samsung. It looks like Samsung. It's designed like Samsung. So it gets to break out of that mid-range market a little bit. Right. You know? Just you get so. the, the Samsung tax almost, and and again they'll they'll do what they do best. They'll have it out on shelves. It'll be front and center at Best Buy and everything. People will see it constantly. It's striking to look at. Like they'll do all of that stuff right that they always do. And now they've got a Chromebook that, while it's six ninety nine, it's going to be one of those like, uh, do you go buy this again? It, it's so hard to tell when we haven't like handled the device. That that, that part becomes so difficult, but. You know, at, at six ninety nine, is this is this a device that people are going to pick up and not have to worry about battery, not have to worry about performance, not have to worry about whether the screen's looking good enough or not, not have to worry about typing and mouse input and battery life and all those things. Once all that stuff comes together, and if it all looks good, then it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it goes on sale for six twenty five or six hundred bucks, and it's I don't know, it just becomes uh, an interesting device. Uh, I do wish that like five. 99 or 649 would have been the spot like yeah 649 is that's that 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 price for the pixelbook go was just felt 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 right i feel like this one if it would have come in at 649 it would have been ah just would have been better but think about this too like the remember the pixelbook go came in at 649 and we were like yeah but the mmc storage it's a core m3 eh, you know it's only a 1080p screen but we got it started using it and just went there's something about it that's just great you know and um and it doesn't always have to add up perfectly it just doesn't and like i i've gone on and on throughout 2020 praising the the spin 713 and i still love this chromebook but i do notice a lot of stuff i was messing with something with the hinge today and i noticed like there's a spot when it's at like 90 degrees it's kind of floppy and you know there's just parts of it that are put together in kind of a sloppy way uh, and and that part of that um, is just part of saving money. You know, um, having having less tight tolerances on your build saves you money because you don't have to keep refurbishing these things over and over again and forcing and, and R and D and all that stuff. So you save money and time and all that kind of stuff. But you notice it on the back end. Is it usable? Absolutely. Is it the, like the best Chromebook experience I've ever had? No, the Pixelbook Go, honestly, is one of those, or the Pixel, the original Pixelbook. So, um, you know, I, it, there's a lot to be said for this. I think I think Samsung um, clearly knows how to read a market. Samsung clearly knows how to do research. Samsung clearly knows how to market their stuff and how to figure out price points that work for them. And I, I just don't think they'd show up at this price point with this device if they didn't feel pretty secure in the fact that people are going to buy it or that it's just, they're going to be able to mark it down. And maybe that's what they've looked at too. I mean, they're not idiots. So it, it stands to reason that they've looked at the Chromebook market. All they got to do is have a guy that looks at Best Buy and Walmart and Amazon on a regular basis and realize, huh, all the media outlets and people in general that buy Chromebooks get real excited when they see that slashed price and a lower price underneath of it. Like people get really excited about it. Um, so why don't we price this in a way that we can just do that on a regular basis and get people more excited about getting it quote unquote on sale. Um, if, I, if I was making a Chromebook, that's what I would do. I would mark up the MSRP to sell it. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just put it cheap out the door. That's why we were so like baffled with Lenovo uh, in 2020 you know, it's like you're just going to come out with that price. Like you're not going to make people like work for it a little bit. You're just going to be cheap, nope. huh? That is you know? the price. And and their stuff still went on sale too. So, you know, it's I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to get one uh, and have it and and figure out whether or not you know, to answer some of these questions. Because the the 549 model is super interesting too. Because it's going to give you just that kind of like hand this off to your mom performance great chromebook for kids you know they're not trying to push it to the end you know to the wide spectrums of performance that some of us will it's going to perform okay it's, it's going to be okay and at 550 you're still getting all the benefits of a samsung chromebook you're still going to get that awesome screen you're going to still get a great keyboard a great trackpad you're still going to get that cool fire red look you're still going to get 
uh, the great speakers and the convertible form factor and USI, like all those things still come along for the ride. It just drops 150 bucks off the price to kill the internals down a little bit. So like that one's going to be super interesting too. You know, I, I, the, the biggest miss I think in all of this is maybe a little bit, a little bit too high of a price if they don't constantly put it on sale and putting the two after the name, the two makes no sense. There's no explanation for that. It's that's super They dumb. did that with super another dumb. device just recently too, and I can't remember what it was, but it was a similar situation where they take that too, and they there's not even a space, yeah, but they, they put it up against stick it. Stick it up against the, like the marketing, and the device is just a different iteration. It's not an evolution, right. of the previous. Uh, uh, but I'm like, I would love yeah, to ask them like, if you ever release the uh, Galaxy uh, Samsung Galaxy S, what are they on now? Twenty. 21's coming out. So if the 21 came out, Samsung Galaxy S21, and they're like, this year for the S21, we're going back to the 855 processor from Snapdragon. We're going to drop back to 4 gigs of RAM. We're going to knock a few hundred bucks off the price. You're welcome. People would freak out. People would lose their minds. (laughs) So I'm just like, I understand it's Chromebooks and not phones, and it's, it's way less of a popular thing. But it still just, it makes no sense. And this was asked in our embargo meeting that somebody asked this question and they gave some marketing spiel answer about it. Like, well, we see this as, I'm like, well, that, that's a dumb answer because it doesn't matter what you see it as or, you know, the ethereal answer you have towards how a two can represent. It doesn't matter. People say one, two, three, and four. Like, you don't watch Shrek 2 and expect to see the prequel. Like, it's two. It's the next thing. Like it's it's super bizarre, and there's no answer for it. There's zero answer for why they named it this. It's dumb. There's there's no defending that. But I feel like, especially after watching a couple hands-on reviews, that there's at least a little bit in the hardware of the Chromebook that I'm prepared when it comes in. I'm prepared to possibly defend it a bit. Yeah. Uh, right. We'll see. Right. Yeah. We'll see. So so let me ask you this. I, I'm I'm sure that that some people that might be listening to this are thinking, yeah, you know. I, I think some of that sounds pretty good. Like I'm willing to make a couple of those trade-offs, but I want to hear I want to hear what Chromebox has to say about it. Like once they get it in. So what can we say? Like have we have we I know you were talking with them trying to get one in time for the embargo, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, yeah. are we are we in talks with them to get one of these in or, or when's the Yeah, I mean, they said they're going to be sending out review units yeah. soon. So Yeah. Um, so the, the original really some of the original leaks date, but it's it's coming. Yeah, they they never said uh, in any of our press-related stuff that uh, a February release was happening. I don't recall seeing that in anything. Uh, but some of the leakers said that that's, that was the case. So Yeah, and the I landing page right now just says sign up yeah. to be alerted. And they their, their official a... word is Q1. So uh, That's sooner than the original Galaxy Chromebook, which is good. Yeah, actually, I think it took like May, didn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, it was probably sitting on the stairs at work. Oh we gosh, just I hope not. <laughs> it's sitting out front in the street, just waiting for somebody oh, to come no. grab it. No, that's only if it's an Amazon delivery. <laughs> that's only guy. Amazon. That's yeah. true. No, no, like, that's across across the street. Oh yeah, yeah. we we had a package sure. get delivered literally across the street for some reason. Did you all see where the lens was? So no. the, the the final package oh, we had, like we had to coordinate all day on Wednesday um, for all these deliveries. So we had uh, the people that actually run and maintain our co-working space are our former employers. They've moved down onto the square a little bit from us downtown. And uh, so we, they were nice enough to come over and just kind of keep popping in and grab the stuff. And they try, we're trying not to make a stir and uh, for the tenants that were downstairs from us. And so they didn't really want to go in there and be like, Hey, they're not going to be here because Corona, you know, cause there was no reason for that, but didn't want to cause a stir. And so we're like, can you all just go over there and kind of discreetly get our stuff and make sure it all gets there? Because it was a bunch of stuff and a lot of money. So the final piece was we had stuff coming from UPS, which we have a direct contact with him. He was awesome. Uh, he got us all of our stuff. Uh, the FedEx people were fine. Uh, but Amazon, man, that's that's the, the rogue uh, delivery people. You never know what's going to Where's gonna it going to go? Them. And Where it was, was it? Uh, Where did they leave an it? An expensive lens. Yes. Uh, an expensive lens. Small box. So I keep checking, I keep checking, I keep checking. And then finally I get the um, the notification that it's been delivered. And they they did at least left me the picture. I do like that Amazon does that. They'll do it, send it, put a picture. And so in the in the shipping stuff, you get a picture. And there's a little front stoop at the, the office we work at. But it's still basically right on the sidewalk, right on the street. So this isn't like... 
oh, you know, in a neighborhood or whatever. This is literally it's on a bus- public the street. The busiest highway, yeah. Our main, our main street is technically part of the busiest highway in the country. Yeah, if you I want mean, to get technical, yeah. About if you take, it, so. if you follow thirty-one W or E, it, they they interchange back and forth. Ours as it comes through our town, it's thirty-one West, so the West version of Highway Thirty-One that basically connects northern and southern parts of the United States. Uh, that that's the one that goes right by our window. And so, like, these guys will just leave stuff out there. And, yeah, it was just sitting outside the door, just on the ground. When the door is unlocked, you could have walked in and dropped it off. They People were there, you know, and I'm like, golly, no big deal. Here's here's a very, very expensive lens. We're just going to leave it sitting on the sidewalk. And we've had stuff delivered across the street, too, by the way, that we saw out our window and yeah. ran over to get and like i just, get it i get it like it's a a weird little downtown area and parking's weird and like i understand it's not like going up to somebody's house i totally get that but there are but numbers, numbers on every single building <laughs> there's numbers and there's a big there's a door and like there's a 10, door that says packages font. being accepted <laughs> like it's it says in our shipping address you know chamber of commerce and that's on the wall like yeah. real big real real big <laughs> Yeah. And and if you map uh, our exact address in Google Maps, it puts a dot literally on our office. Front door, yeah. I mean, we've made sure yeah. we've corrected. It's right on our office. So, yep. you know, when Jimmy John's or Amazon can't find at least the front door, I get yeah. maybe you don't understand how to get through our office, but when you can't find the front door or yeah. even the building, I have to question, <laughs> you know, some of your life choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... There you have it. There's the Samsung uh, Galaxy Chromebook 2 and our rant about Amazon deliveries. Delivery rants downtown. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break for an ad, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Alrighty, welcome back everybody. We are going to dig into the other device that was announced at CES. And that is, Gabe, I'm going to mess up the name, Acer 5, oh man. Nailed it. Acer Chromebook Spin 514. 514. I don't know why I keep wanting to say 513. I don't know what's wrong with me. Slash Enterprise. I don't think there's ever been a 513. There's not. There's a 513. Oh, there is a 513. We have it in our office. That's right. Has a snap. It is oh, Lazor. That's Lazor. Yeah, see, that's why. Because I love Lazor yeah, see, so much. Because <laughs> I keep thinking the Snapdragon is the 314, but that was, yeah, that was the, the other device. That, yeah, okay. Yeah, so. It seems like they've put their models, like, if it's a 3, it's like entry level. 5s are kind of the mid-range, nicer stuff. And the 7 is the high end. So the 713 is the high end 13 inch. Um, I think that's how they do their thing. Because it's. Because the 514 is a 14-inch, right? Yes. Yeah, it is 14-inch. Um, like, and the, the Snapdragon 513 is a 13-inch Snapdragon device. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like then they the have the, 7, the 714 and the 715, which, uh, as far as the 7 and the 5, I feel like this device, uh, we, we happen to have one. They sent us one right before the uh, release. It's actually in my lap right now. Uh I feel like it's as premium as the 700 series that we went to New York when we were, remember we were at the, uh, what was that, the Brooklyn Navy Yard for that event. Uh, It's as premium as that, but this is the, this is Acer's first Ryzen powered Chromebook. So it's their premium-esque AMD powered device uh, convertible. And it's, uh, so far I'm color me impressed. I mean, we, we won't we won't be able to do any real uh, in depth stuff on it yet. Uh, we'll we'll get some hands on out there for you as quickly as possible once we're back in the office. But uh, uh, as far as the device itself, kind of imagine if you're familiar with the 714 that they released, which that was specifically kind of an enterprise device. The 714. If you if the 714 and the Spin 713 had a child, 
that's about where this device is at. So, so did you figure it, out, is it is it all aluminum? No, so it is uh, what a lot of uh, a lot of manufacturers are doing. The A, what is it? A and D, AD. So the lid and the base are uh, aluminum, sandblasted finish or whatever they call it. And then the keyboard deck, I don't know if it's plastic, but it's either plastic or that uh, magnesium magnesium alloy. Uh, it's clearly not aluminum. So, so yeah, I think those are some of the differentiators between like the five and. 700 series because you said the the trackpad's not glass either right? no it, it is not it's uh I, i'm it's not a bad trackpad but it's clearly it has some flex to it you can see uh the click and the mechanism's great but it's clearly uh, i would guess it's mylar would be my guess so and then, and then so you're losing the aluminum upper it's not a glass trackpad it doesn't have like the 714 and 15 the enterprise level ones anyway came with the fingerprint scanner with them Right, um, which I don't think that's not an option on this device at all. Which I don't think so. Seems kind of weird because they are marketing. This is a consumer and an enterprise device, but uh, I don't think there was no mention of uh, inter, of a fingerprint scanner. And the the model we have isn't the tip top of the line, but it is one of the ones that's geared towards enterprise. So it has the Ryzen uh, AMD Ryzen five. So it's the thirty. What a thirty five hundred C. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So. So yeah, so it's I think a quad the core. Yeah. Thirty seven hundred. Yeah. So it's just it's AMD's three thousand series. They've appended a C to the end of it. It's been tweaked for Chrome OS, but it's it's that APU. Uh, it's comparable to say like an i three. Uh, we we haven't benchmarked. Uh, we we can't get accurate benchmarks on this device because this is a pre production model. But benchmarks that I've looked up on Geekbench and other places, put it in the realm of, it kind of falls in between a Core i3 and a Core i5 uh, Comet Lake processor. So uh, the advantage here is the GPU. So you have the AMD Radeon Vega graphics. So once Chrome OS can really start leveraging uh, GPUs, this is gonna offer a little bit more horsepower than uh, a comparable Intel CPU. So. So yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to clear it through Acer first before we can make any comments about it. But um, I would assume that Gabe's probably already tried some Linux-driven GPU stuff, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I, I've I've ran some stuff on it. I've done some uh, I've installed some Linux stuff and done some GPU benchmarks and stuff, and it, and it. It does. Uh, granted, like we said, this is it has it's in stable. It's on the regular stable build. I'm not sure if there's anything different about it, but it does seem to um, put out some better benchmarks than the integrated UHD graphic graphics that are on Intel chips. Now that all goes out the window once Tiger Lake comes along, because the XE graphics on Tiger Lake are supposed to blow away any other integrated graphics that are out there. But AMD has a chip for that too, the 5000 series that we're expecting and probably be another year or so before we see that. But this device is, is geared towards people that want a little bit more graphics power for streaming video, playing local video, uh, things like whenever, I would say when Steam finally lands on Chrome OS officially, this, uh, this APU is gonna probably handle that stuff a little better than Intel does. Now, I mean, if you're running a Core i5 Comet Lake with eight, 16 gigs of RAM, it, it's going to do just fine too. But the other advantage of AMD is that their chips are generally cheaper. So you have a well-designed device. You get all the features that you do in any semi-premium uh, convertible from Acer and a little bit better price tag because the chip doesn't cost as much. So, so yeah, the one... Uh, they didn't give us a price on the one that we're reviewing, did they? No, they they didn't have that price point for us. Uh, the entry level one's four seventy nine, and that's going to be a Ryzen three, but it's going to be four gigs of RAM, sixty four gigs of eMMC storage. Uh, you can go all the way up to a Ryzen seven with sixteen and two fifty six of PCIe NVMe storage. I would guess that one's going to be pushing the eight or nine hundred dollar range. Uh, I would still ninety nine like, comes to mind, but that's that's good. If that's going to be pushing into that i five i seven kind of right. performance, and you're getting 
the top end specs that we only see in super expensive Chromebooks, the 16 gigs of RAM, the NV256 NVMe, and if we get like an eight or nine hundred dollar price tag, it's like right because that's a that, cool trade off. Yeah, because apples to apples, you look at a Core i7 Comet Lake device with these specs because the screen's good. It's 1920 by 1080. Uh, it's not the three by two, obviously, like the 713. But backlit keyboard, big wide trackpad, good screen, Gorilla Glass. Good build quality. Uh, they talked a lot about the hinge that they put in this. Uh, not as much as Asus did about their hinge. That was like a, <laughs> that's an entirely, that's like a whole podcast about that hinge. Hinge, they, yeah, hinging, hinge, they, hinge. The hinge on this, they talked a lot about that, whatever. You take this device and you make it a Core i7 um, Comet Lake with 16 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage, it's easily $1,300 based on the pricing that we've seen. Now, enterprises can get a hold of this for $900. bucks. you are talking about a lot of savings with, with very little, if any, sacrifice on performance, plus you get the boost of better graphics for those who are using it with Linux apps or things like that. So. Um, one other question I've got that I keep meaning to ask you, and I figure this is just as good enough a time as any. Uh, the, where does the Athlon, because we were in that call yesterday, and I was like, wait a second. I'm obviously confused here. Is Athlon better than the entry-level Ryzen 3? So I, like was three right, Athlons yeah, and then I was right there with you, because we, we got some of this information before the embargo lifted, obviously. And I thought it was... Athlon Ryzen 3, like it was kind of like, you know, I th- in my head I was just thinking Pentium Core i3. It's not. It's actually Ryzen 3, the Ryzen 3 of this series, which is the what Picasso or whatever. This Ryzen 3 is actually a lesser processor than the Athlon Gold because they have Athlon Gold, the Athlon Silver. This chip's better than the the Ryzen 3. So the the higher end consumer model that's not uh the the ryzen 5 ryzen 7 will be the athlon model and i would assume that one's going to come in probably 550 or something like that yeah so it's gonna be super interesting because we couldn't pin them down on pricing um, as far as like what what the different tiers are going to be and acer's kind of notorious for that honestly like the 713 came out we got the consumer model that's the one we reviewed it's the one i went out and bought it's the one you can go buy at best buy it's one. That's it. But there's what four or five other models of At this least. Chromebook, yeah, yeah. Um, on their website that some of them have arrived and some of them never did, and it's just like there are going to be all these different models and probably pretty wild price points outside of the one or two that they say, hey, these are for consumers. Yeah, and and that's kind of their stick is they have that one or two models that are aimed at consumers. This is the one they drive. It's probably you know the mar the margins on it's probably thin, but they're making money just sheerly off of volume and then those ones with the whacked out pricing and the crazy specs they save those for you know uh enterprise customers and they make a little money here and there with because you know if you're enterprise you you might be able to get a discount on the device but you're still going to pay close to a couple hundred bucks for the enterprise upgrade that's where they're making their money on those so yeah i would say that athlon hopefully athlon 8128 kind of comparable to the to the spin 713 will hopefully be their their bread and butter there but we do know the the base model is going to be 479 and hopefully if that ryzen 3 performs okay it'll be a it'll be a decent device but four gigs thinking, of ram, yeah. you you said it's it it's comparable to is it like a pentium kind of thing or a celeron kind of deal probably or better than that yeah so the ryzen 3 i think is in the realm of like the Celerons that we see in like Chromeboxes, so de- they're not desktop; they're still technically considered mobile, but um, they're good enough. Uh, the problem with them is just that four gigs of RAM. I think the Ryzen three is going to be plenty powerful. I just don't think uh, I don't want to go pay five hundred dollars for a Chromebook and not have eight gigs of RAM. So yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, that's but again, maybe that's pricing to put on sale yeah uh, and, and and that's the thing i mean if you can get the if you can get the athlon and it's on sale for 480 bucks it's probably going to be a good buy because i mean you are getting a backlit keyboard you're getting a really good screen the keyboards 
pretty much standard fare for Acer, which is not bad. Acer standard keyboards are good. They're not incredible, but they're good. Uh, it is. We did confirm it is USI compatible. Um, you know, and it's just it's it's well built. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel sleek and sexy or anything like that. It feels like a work Chromebook, but it feels really well put together too. So yeah. So the 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 enterprise. You guys have kind of touched on this a little bit, but the enterprise um kind of name here doesn't mean that you can't just go get this chromebook like you're going to be able to go buy this chromebook it just it just has an enterprise upgrade that you can add basically is that how that but, works yeah and yeah and we and we we pegged them on that too because uh some some companies like like HP has the Pro C645 that's an enterprise device that doesn't mean you can't buy it as a consumer you can but um Acer is actually specifically they have specific SKUs for consumers and for enterprise customers so uh, and again the only real difference is you get the enterprise upgrade which gets you the management console and the zero touch enrollment and all that stuff but uh, they're, they're aiming this at both markets which is kind of unusual we don't see that a lot with with manufacturers they're usually in one in one lane or the other with a device but so, so they'll acer kind of hitting on both so they'll actually probably like market this to consumers like they'll have advertising and stuff that is based for consumers yeah yeah i think you know eight, the 713 you can buy it at a few different places but best buy is where you want to go to find that device i would say we'll see at least one configuration of this device Will be, available, a top, yeah. will be a top seller at Best Buy. Right, right. Well, and the thing is, too, like 2020, uh, HP posted some numbers at some point. Like, they, they cleaned up in the Chromebook sector. Uh, and if everyone's looking, and Acer's kind of, used to be like this, honestly. Acer used to be, like, lots of different models and different kind of stuff, and it, they've kind of pared things down a little bit. But, you know, HP, if you look at the Chromebook, the X360 line of Chromebooks, I mean... In 2020, they had all kinds of different variants of that thing. Like they had really cheap ones with crappy screens and all plastic builds, all the way up to you know the the 14C that eventually came out. And it's they're all 14 inch X360 HP Chromebooks, you know. And if they're having success in that, I don't see why Acer and some of these other companies wouldn't also take that kind of approach. So here's the 514. We're gonna sell multiple variations of this, and we might sell some of the Ryzen 3 ones over at Target and sell the Ryzen 5 ones over at Best Buy and let consumers figure it out. I mean, it's part of the reason we're in a job, you know, is to help people navigate some of this stuff. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them do that instead of kind of taking this one Chromebook approach more a la Samsung. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I still feel like we, we will get to the point where you know, you can do it a little bit with Dell and HP right now, but it's probably going to get to the point where you you'll be able to go to a manufacturer's website and just say, "Okay, I want a, I want the 714 Chromebook, and here's what I want in it," and they'll just build whatever you want. I mean, especially when you have more and more devices that have you know PCIe storage and stuff like that, they're just you'll be able to configure your device however you want it. You might have to pay for it, but the days of just there's just one version of this device that that's going away. Yeah. That's probably a good thing. So, so, so we, um, we obviously have this thing like Gabe's using it right now. Um, as we get back into the office next week after our quarantine, we'll, we'll obviously get some video content out. We're not, we're not allowed to do a review yet. Right. Like we can just do some hands on and talk about it. Um, yeah, you know, we can do like first impressions, hands-on. We're not allowed to do benchmarks. Uh, we can't really speak to the build quality because, you know, we, we can't nitpick the build quality because this is a pre-production model. I think this one was made like three or four months ago, but uh, it's just going to be kind of a first look overall impression with nothing detailed. So, so like obviously we'll get into, you know, just some of the overall uh, aesthetic of this thing next week when we get to do that video but um i mean it sounds to me like I, so we don't know the exact price not on this one no okay yeah so we have that outside it's going to be the same like the 479 will buy you the same outer shell 
It's just the the processor and RAM and store the configuration on the internals will change for that 479. Yeah, which I and, and kudos to Acer because that's one thing. A lot of times we see with these devices where they have a range that is this wide, they'll have entry level ones that have garbage screens on them or they're not full res or whatever. None of that changes. They're they're all 1920 by 1080. They're all uh, full HD. I haven't seen it. There's not there's not a variation of screens they all have the exact same screen the only difference on the exterior of the devices is that the ryzen 5 and the ryzen 7 will have the option will have an hdmi port while the other models will not and the reason for that is because they know that more power users are going to be hooking up to a monitor or taking to the office or whatever so they've and probably price too but they omitted the hdmi port on the cheaper ones but other than that it's the same thing I, th- I do think there's an option I don't think the 479 mo- I'll have to confirm this but I don't think the 479 model has a backlit keyboard oh really I don't think I think it's optional okay. but I will double check that and, uh, and update I mean, it accordingly that's, that's honestly kind of noteworthy if if it ends up being the case that other than that HDMI port you know that the external pieces stay the same uh, I, that's a trend I would absolutely love to see Chromebooks hit. Like, it's it's infuriating for us to try to help people because we sometimes we just don't know what they're talking about. And when somebody says, "Should I buy this HP X360 14?" You got to tell me which one because and and there's multiple. It, we can't even just say the processor. A lot of times, like, hey, there's that one that's got that you know Core i3 processor in it, but it's also got the 768 screen. I'm, I, I don't know that there's a configuration like that, but I hope not. You know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. Like, it's not right. like oh, if it's this, then it for sure is that. It, there's there are multiple different versions of it, and again, for a lot of general users, something like a Celeron or this Ryzen 3 is going to be fine from a performance standpoint. It's going to do plenty fine for a general Chromebook use, but if it's paired up with a 1366 by 768 crap TN panel. It, it replaces the good keyboard with a crappy one that's not backlit, and you get a plastic trackpad now, and, oh, the entire thing's also made out of plastic. Even though in pictures it kind of looks exactly the same, yeah. like it feels like a bait-and-switch sometimes, yeah, and it's really and frustrating. We, do, we get a lot of emails and messages from people saying, hey, look, check out this great deal on this this whatever, and it's like, yeah, it's got, it has an N5000 in it or whatever, which we've seen that, that processor's plenty good for the average user. But I'm not going to recommend. I don't care how cheap. I mean, unless it's a hundred bucks, I'm not going to say, "Hey, you need a computer for your kid." They're going to be looking at it for six hours a day while they're doing online learning. Yeah, go ahead and get them a 14 inch 1366 by 768 panel that's like 200 or 190 nits. No, I'm not going to. It could have a Core i5 in it. I'm not going to recommend that. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. You know. So, uh, kudos to them and. Honestly, it's kind of what Samsung's doing too. They're only doing two configurations, but you're not you're not somehow degrading the overall experience here. Like they even Samsung even did that with the uh, the Chromebook Plus V2. Like they had two versions of it out, and it was super. Like we've made a video about this, trying to alert people. Like there's the one you get on Amazon that looks like this, and then there's one you buy at Best Buy that looks like that. One is made mostly of metal. And has an awesome screen. The other one has a subpar screen, a plastic trackpad, and is almost entirely made of plastic. Yeah, if you drive, they're marketed as the same thing. Yeah, you know, and and I I just I hate that. And so I, I would love to see more manufacturers if this is going to be the thing. Like, make your Chromebook, save your money and for your Spectrum with differences in internal specs, but don't sacrifice the outer portions of it that create honestly half the experience when it comes to using a Chromebook. I mean, that's that's just part of it. If it feels good, if it looks good, if it, you know, it handles itself well, like those things matter too. It's a, you know, it's not just a performance thing. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up before we, uh, before we get off of this, this Chromebook too, is we're waiting for like official confirmation of how exactly this works. Uh, but They've also they've got this thing standardized or, or, or it, it passed tests or whatever. Yeah, so it's to certified. Be Google Assistant certified. Yeah, so I, I'll have to get the verbiage out of the press release, but that Google has their own lab where they certify things to say, okay, this thing has been tweaked specifically to work 
to meet certain criteria to work with the Google Assistant. And this Chromebook, we don't know if it's the first one ever, but it's the first one we've ever seen where they actually said it was a thing. So it's, and I remember the, the whatever the abbreviation was he used is the same abbreviation uh, Pete used when we talked to him about the USI stylus. It's, it's uh, there, there's a certification that Google has that says, okay, this is internally certified by Google to work with this specific thing. And it's, uh, it's Google Assistant certified, which just means the speakers have been uh, positioned in a specific way on the device and tuned a certain way and whatever to work specifically and work well with the Google Assistant, which what, what they explained to us was that they've done this for quite some time with Amazon Alexa, but it's kind of a new thing with Google. So now that they're, that they're still learning how it works, but this device has received that, that Google Lab certification. So pretty cool. Uh, and I want to clarify, I think you said speaker, but I think they were talking microphone, about mics. Microphone, yes, yeah. microphone, so it's, yes. And, and I think mainly what it is is the microphones have to be I would I would assume uh, the the long array or what I can't think of what the far name field. of it is basically far field yeah yes so that the mics don't just pick up within six or eight feet they're far field so that if you're across the room you know and they they have to I'm sure hit certain decibels and yada 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 basically so that when you say okay gee your stuff responds uh, and yeah I mean I've never seen any Chromebook claim that. Uh, there could be other Chromebooks that have that. I just have never seen anybody claim it. So we're waiting on Acer to get back to us to say, hey, yes, we are we're the first and here's what we have. But they couldn't exactly provide all the details because they technically don't have them themselves. Like they send it off, I guess, and just have it done. And it's kind of a very closed internal type thing. But cool, cool addition. And it's, again, if Assistant's going to keep getting farther and farther baked into our Chromebooks, then, you know, they need to be certified to work yeah. well with the Assistant. Might as well be as good as possible, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just make it as good as we can. Yeah. So before I before I had a squirrel thought and had a thought about the price earlier, what I was trying to get to was just like, you know, this thing sounds like an interesting device. Um, you know, it's uh, obviously we can't we, we can't say exactly yet our full opinion, but it sounds interesting. We're going to need to spend some more time with it. We're going to need to do a full review process on it, and um, but we will definitely have out you know some sort of kind of first impressions, unboxing something um, early next week. So for anybody that's listening who's interested in this device, maybe maybe this one sounds more interesting to you than the than the Samsung. Um, you know, that's the, that's the awesome part about new devices coming out is like we, we never know what somebody's looking for. You know, we, we don't know what a particular consumer is looking for, but it's awesome to have more options out there. You know, it would be nice, obviously, if we were out at CES and we could – ask some of these, you know, questions and have, you know, video footage from out there and be able to put these videos out. But, you know, we're, we're going to get to it next week and we're going to put these things out and we're going to do the best we can. But um, sounds like an interesting device for sure, though. Yeah, and it's a, I think it's just an interesting direction. You know, it's a whole other sub subset of Chromebooks that are going to come out that, you know, in 2021, we're going to see a bunch of stuff. Like, we're not seeing a ton of CES announcements and I have to believe most of that honestly is because you know everything that happened in 2020 with COVID and and you know manufacturing and all of those things all that stuff is just kind of compiled now to where I'm sure a manufacturers are probably a little late uh, on getting the stuff that they need uh, to show up at CES so maybe back in March of last year because they're usually one year to nine month cycles when this kind of stuff when they were planning what are we going to do at CES next year? They weren't planning for a worldwide pandemic. And so, you know, all those things get shifted and moved. And then in the summer, once we all figured out CES was going completely digital, they probably all breathed a sigh of relief and said, oh, no, no awesome. need to push and yeah. force everything to be ready for this. Like who cares? Right. Yeah, like it, exactly. We're going to do no, a digital exactly announcement right. here or do a digital announcement sometime else. Like what's it matter? And so I think this year is going to be littered with, uh, virtual type announcements all throughout the year. It's not going to be, oh, well, we got these here. And then, because I think they just canceled MWC, like Mobile World Congress. I don't, I don't even think it's even happening. Like, it's just not a thing. I don't, th I don't know. Maybe they're going to do a digital version, but 
haven't heard anything yet. Uh, yet quick, quick note on the on the Acer. Uh, again, we're we're still waiting on pricing for the other configurations, but we know that the the entry level is going to be four seventy nine. I just look at Lenovo's actually listing two versions of their C13 right now, which is the AMD. So their their Ryzen 3 model, now it does have NVMe storage, but it's four gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, no fingerprint sensor. It's $999. So nearly twice the money. The configuration that they have that's comparable to the one that we have, which is the Ryzen 5, yeah, is almost twelve hundred dollars, and I would bet if Acer if Acer knows what they're doing, I would bet that this model will be significantly less than that. Granted, they do get a fingerprint reader with the Lenovo, but but still, I mean, that's about the only real difference, though, right? I mean, that's yeah, all garage, garage stylus, but I mean, you can use yeah. any USI stylus you want. Other than that, it's Actually, I, I stand corrected. This is eight one twenty eight. The Acer that we have is eight uh, two fifty six, I believe. So, oh, is it? I think it is. It might be one twenty eight, but I, th- I didn't yeah. realize it was two fifty six. Uh, I may be wrong. Let me double check before I say that. Uh, Anyways, my point being, unless Acer just prices this thing through the roof, they could come in well below well below Lenovo in this which is weird because Lenovo's done really well on pricing their uh, Comet Lake devices but and so you, you mean can, you get those you start talking about uh, Enterprise man and the, the prices yeah. just go bonkers because you can guarantee HP's uh, Pro C645 is not going to be cheap you, you can guarantee no. that uh, it just seems to be the case and it's weird it's it's such a strange thing I and mean, clearly it, it, it works I mean or else they wouldn't all do this but you know when we, that's that's the problem when some of these Chromebooks come out that are on the top top end or bleeding edge and we're excited about them they're like oh it's going to be an enterprise Chromebook because you just know that means it's going to have a whacked out pricing model and it's just kind of unfortunate for consumers that are interested in some of these devices it makes it tough you know to recommend them so yeah this is this is eight two fifty six the one that we wow. have so that's Boom. interesting there you go. Yeah, so um, so yeah, like I said, we're going to be getting some videos together early next week. Uh, depending on when we figure out the Samsung might come in, we might hold off on doing that video until we get it in the studio, if it's going to be soon. If it's going to be a while, we might just do kind of a general impressions video or something. Yeah, I'll and, be honest. I mean, B-roll. even just in this discussion today, like there was enough uh, interesting stuff to talk about with that device. Like that would be the kind of video I could see us yeah. doing before we get our hands on one in. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I think just there's, kind of there's a- some worthwhile thoughts about what this thing could be. I just... Right. Constantly be like, well, it might be, it could be. Yeah. Normally we would be like, hey, it is this. Right. You know, we have it in hand. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah, that's part of it. So, um, so folks, I think that's it for today. Um, You know, two, two pretty interesting Chromebook announcements coming out of CES in, in a year when, like Robbie said, there's not a ton of announcements. So it's cool to see these two manufacturers put out a Chromebook. Um, and you know we're we're excited. I, I hope that you guys are too. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna continue covering this stuff on the website. Obviously, you can you can go read our articles about the announcements over there. Those are already out. But we're also gonna be putting together some video content for these as well. So stay tuned for all of that. But we appreciate you all listening today. I know this has been a a bit of a different episode. Uh, as I'm talking right now, I haven't obviously listened back to any of the audio, so I hope that it sounds good. We're going to make it work. and uh, But yeah, appreciate you all tuning in. We're going to link everything down in the show notes like normal, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.